last uh, last Thursday, uh, Father Browning, remember him? He used to be associate here, a good guy. Uh, he's a pastor now down at uh, Thomas More and down the street. And he had his uh, 10th anniversary to the priesthood last Thursday. So he invited a, a bunch of us there, a bunch of priests, and a lot of his parishioners were there, and he had a lovely Mass in the evening. Uh, it just also happened to be the, the feast of St. Thomas More, which was kind of cool. Uh, but during the, during the, the homily, uh, Father Browning, um, just really grateful and, and just talked about various things he's learned uh, as a priest that help him. And, and one was just to trust God uh, more. And he, he told a story about his time when he was at St. Bridget's with me uh, when I was up there as vicar uh, working for bishop, and he was my associate there. And, you know, I was off at the chancery, and he was there at the rectory, and he, he said I had this full day where I didn't have a minute, and I, and I was anxious about it. There was just a lot, and I, and I just was feeling a little bit overwhelmed. And, and then somebody had called and left a message and saying they needed to talk to him right away. And he's like, well, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do that, thinking to himself. And so he, he said, you know what, I'm just going gonna, gonna to go in the chapel for a minute because there was a chapel at the house there at the rectory. Um, and he went in and he kind of put his hands up like this and he just said, all right, Lord, uh, you're going to have to figure this one out for me. This is, I'm just giving this to you. And it's 20 seconds he was in there. He got up and started doing his thing. He called the, the guy and said, yeah, come on in. I've got a few minutes. Let's, let's talk. And uh, the guy came in and they were talking. And all of a sudden, uh, Browning just said he felt this sense of peace come over him. And it was like shocking. It was so it was so it was so, it was so tangible that he almost like jumped because it was oh, wow, uh, God do that all the time, you know. And uh, it was he said it was really remarkable. But he he learned. He's like you know, we've got to trust more, and we have to surrender more. And when we do that, we have peace, don't we? Uh, and when we don't do that, we don't have peace. Let's look at. Uh, and I'll come back to Thomas More in, 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 in a little bit, but um, let's look at uh, what's going on here in the readings. Let's, let's start with uh, this poor guy, Jeremiah. You know, he's, he's the first guy that got canceled by the culture, okay? Cancel culture started with Jeremiah, all right? Because he's, he's going along, he's doing his business, and he's got a nice life and his family, and the Lord calls him out and says, no, I want you to do this instead. I want you to go out and in front of your family and your friends, and I want you to call them out and tell them how, how uh, un unhappy I am with them. And Jeremiah's like, are you kidding? They're going to hate my guts. All these people that, I, uh, that are my friends are going to turn away from me. All this nice stuff I've got, I'm going to lose it all. Why do you want me to do this? And God says, because I want you to do it. Now go do it. And so Jeremiah does it. And guess what happens? He loses his friends. He loses his family. He loses his stuff. In a sense, he loses his life. But here's the thing. In all this, I mean, he's, he's afraid. He's fearful. Um, I'm going to lose all this. Lord, don't you care? I hear what people are saying about me. I hear them trying to denounce me. I hear them trying to step, uh, set me up to trap me, to take vengeance on me. I hear this. I'm, I'm terrified. But even, I'm, even though I'm afraid, I know you, 
is the key. You are going to rescue me from the power of the wicked. Now, guess what? <laughs> Jeremiah never got his stuff back, never got his family back, never got his friends back. He died uh, canceled. Well, what did God say? What did God promise? I'm going to rescue you. But it looks like he didn't. But he does. It's just not the way we expect or want. And this is where we get into trouble. Like, are you, everybody here is afraid of something. Think about it for just a second. What are you afraid of? What gets you up at three in the morning? Put it in your head for just a second. What is it? Is it money? Losing it? Not having enough of it? Is it, uh, you know, afraid to forgive somebody? Are you afraid of a person in your life that just makes you feel terrible? Or tasks you? Or is it, is it your job? Are you afraid of your health? Are you afraid that someone you love is going to die? Are you afraid that someone's going to lose you? Or, or you're going to lose them? Are you afraid of, you know, having to, you know, study and try hard to achieve some great goal at school? Maybe I fail. Maybe this, you know, boy or girl that I, I, I want to date or go out with, they will, they, won't, they will say no to me? Are you afraid? What are you afraid of? Everybody here is afraid of something. Why? Because we're all driven by our egos. And our egos are, are powerful, and they, and they don't want to be denied. And when they are denied, or they think they, the ego thinks it will be, that's where our fear comes from. I'm not going to get what I want. I'm going to lose what I have. And when we live out of that place of uncertainty, that's when we live out of fear. You're all afraid of something. Now, what are you going to do about it? Because the Lord kind of raises the stakes on us. Huh? He doesn't care if we get canceled. Look at Jeremiah. He didn't keep, he didn't, he says, I'm going to take care of you. You're still going to do all these things, but I'm going to be with you. You just got to trust that. Are you willing to trust in, in my friendship with you? And are you willing to live out of the intimacy and the friendship that we have together? If you're willing to do that, I'm going to give you peace. And you don't have to live in fear. If you live in, with me as the ground and not your ego, you're going to be okay. What does, he, what does he say? Fear no one. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Who's that? That's cancel culture. Don't be afraid of the people that are going to not like you. Don't be afraid of the people that you have to speak up to. Don't be afraid of the situations in your life that are unavoidable. We can't eliminate suffering from our life. Don't be afraid of it. It's going to be there regardless. Why waste all that energy? Don't be afraid of you know, the, the, the world and, and all the things that it threatens to do to people of, of faith. Don't be afraid of that. Christ has already won the victory. Stay close to him, and you're part of it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of your money. It's not your Lord. Don't be afraid of your fertility. Don't be afraid to have more children, more babies. Trust God. Don't be afraid to forgive somebody. 
even though they might not forgive you or even accept your, your apology. Don't be afraid. Just live in the ground of peace, which is the ground of Christ's love and friendship with you. You will still go through all the things you're afraid of, but you don't need to be afraid because Christ is walking with you and Christ is going to sustain you in all things. Don't be afraid. Be afraid, though, he says, of the one who can destroy both body and soul in Gehenna. He says, don't be afraid. Then he says, be afraid. What kind of fear is he talking? He's talking about fear of the Lord. Be more afraid of offending me than offending the culture. <clears throat> That's what you, 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 fear of the Lord is, uh, is a pious, beautiful sentiment that said, I love God more than anything else. And if I'm afraid of anything, it's losing him. So be afraid of the one who can put you in Gehenna. Now, what's Gehenna? Gehenna, it's a, we know it's a, use of, a euphemism for hell, but Gehenna is, if you're, if you're in Jerusalem and you go out the south gate, uh, there is a, a valley there, and it's called the Valley of Hinnon which is Gehenna, Hinnon Gehenna. And during the time of King Ahaz, the king of Israel, when things were going bad, and he had married this uh, just notorious uh, woman by the name of Jezebel, a pagan, who offered sacrifices to the god Baal. And Ahaz was such a weak-willed character that he decided, well, I, I don't want my, my wife uh, yelling at me all the time. I'm afraid of my wife, so I'll become a Baal worshiper too. To the extent that in the valley of Hinnon, in Gehenna, what did he do? The ultimate sacrifice uh, to the god Baal, he, he sacrificed his own son, his baby son, on an altar. He killed it. And because the Israelites in Jerusalem were afraid of the king and of, certainly afraid of Jezebel because she was a nasty woman, they decided to do the same thing. I'm more afraid of the king than I am of losing my own children. And so they sacrificed their children on the altar to the god Baal. So the, the Valley of Hinnon was, was uh, polluted with the blood of, of innocent children. Why? Because people were afraid. More afraid of the world and the king than they were of God. So now the image of Gehenna comes then from this useless piece of a valley which could no longer uh, be, be touched because it had become so, no, so grotesquely unclean. It became a wasteland. And so what did they put there? Garbage dump. It's only, it's only good for garbage. And so they would burn garbage there. And so that's where the phrase, the, where, the, where the fire is never extinguished and the worm dies not. That's Gehenna. It's a garbage dump. It's useless. It's worthless. It's good for nothing because, of, because, of our, because fear and sin took something good and made it bad. So be... Be afraid of the one who can put us there. And how, do, how, do we, how does he put us there? By allowing us to put ourselves there. We have the choice. Are we afraid of losing our friendship with God or are we afraid of, of, of losing the esteem and the friendship of those uh, in, in the world? Are we afraid of cancel culture or are we afraid of, of Christ? And by be afraid of Christ, I mean that holy, reverential fear of the Lord, right? That's the question that's put before us. What are our priorities? The Lord wants us to examine our conscience and do it this week. Think about one thing you're afraid of this week 
and you practice in your prayer surrendering that to God. Lord, it's all yours. It's like Father Browning. Lord, I don't know what to do with this. I have to give it to you. And then wait for that peace to come upon you. Wait for that peace. Talk about Thomas More. Uh, their feast day last week, Father Browning's anniversary. Uh, he had everything. Thomas More. He lived during the time of Henry VIII, and he was his chancellor. Until Henry decided that he wanted to divorce his wife, uh, his second wife, and take another one. And Thomas wouldn't go along with it. Uh, and thwarted Henry's plans to separate himself from Rome and become the, the, the head of the Church of England. Does it dispossess himself of, uh, of, the, of the papacy? So Thomas wouldn't have it. So Henry had all these tricks. And what his tricks were, I withdrew, I, Henry withdraws affection. Henry takes away your money. Henry takes away your job. Henry, Henry doesn't invite you to those parties anymore. Henry arrests you. Henry arrests your family. Henry takes away your house. Henry puts you in jail. Henry chops off your head. And see, and Thomas knew Henry's tricks. And he wasn't afraid. He was not afraid of the king. He was afraid of God. And he lived in that peace, in that intimate friendship, an island in a sea of egoism and treachery. At peace, he said, I am the king's good servant, but God's first. Someone said, it is no fool. He is no fool who loses what he cannot keep to keep what he cannot lose. Amen.